0: your word, and Lord, that we can understand and clearly seek you and understand your word, your ways, your wisdom for every message, Lord, and this one today, I pray you anoint me to preach it for your glory and honor. And Lord, you are wonderful, and I pray that our hearts will be open to receive this message today, that we may take it with us, some truth, and take it with us for your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I don't know if you have been following the news this past week, but there was I caught it tw- I think three times about a 14-year-old girl from New Jersey, high school girl was beaten and bullied by four of her fellow students in the school's hallway with absolutely no basis for for this beating or bullying absolutely none and it seemed like almost immediately after this happened this incident it went online it went everywhere as a result she committed suicide cyberbullying Is increasing among teens today. Our technology, all you know, especially Mike back there, he knows I am so on tech. And and that is on me. But what we have, what you have, what you use, what you put in your hand, can be lethal. It can be like anything else. God creates all things to good. You have your car. A car is a wonderful thing. But if you're a speeder and driving recklessly, it is a weapon of destruction. Same with your, our technology. It can be a weapon of destruction. Did anybody know that story I'm talking about? You see her on, you see a picture of her? She's just a beautiful young 14-year-old that all that bullying, she could not handle it. More than I think any time in our history people are searching they are searching for a deeper meaning in life our world is in chaos it is in chaos and throughout this event of this little girl let's stop and think about this as you as you follow the story the school system had let her down a lack of holding those bullies, accountable, let, had let her down. Common decency had let her down. Today, we are facing an increased problem of persecution, of betrayal, of immorality, we are, of lovelessness and lawlessness. It seems like it is escalating. And I'm not exaggerating just read Just follow your newspapers, or the news, or whatever. And it is really getting out of control in so many different ways. How many have heard of uh, Dr. David Osborne? He's an author, he's a professor, and he shared this quote. See if I can get it right. He said, too often, we use God to change our circumstances. To try to change our circumstances. Thank you. While He uses us, He uses our circumstances to change us. See the difference? You see the difference? Now, we're going into Ephesians here, and we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 1 and as we look at Ephesians we're reminded we're reminded that we we don't have to be held captive by worldly events and values because we have the supremacy of Christ we have Christ to overcome them you have Christ to overcome whatever you are going through in your life but you need to seek him you need to apply him in your lives that is just That's what Paul is constantly, his theme is in Ephesians and Philippians and and other uh, books. It's all about Christ and centering on him and all that we do. My goodness, that man was in prison. And he's writing encouraging letters when he's in prison about he's content because Christ is in him. So one example we have of of his faith so my first thought number one is I want to share is the chosen from Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 6 we're gonna start with verse 3 praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ as believers we receive all the Jesus spiritual blessings necessary For growing in faith and serving in faith again this stick with verse 4 for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love you want some confidence listen to this Paul says we are loved by God that God had chosen you and me before we were even born as his own possessions Again, verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Doesn't it feel good when you're chosen for something? Remember back in the days, let's go back to your school days for some of you. You know, it's a a gym class. You're in the gym class, right? And suddenly the instructor a teacher says, okay, we're going to play basketball today. There's only ten of you here, so we're gonna we're gonna kinda divide you up. But we're gonna do it this way. We're gonna have two captains. Remember, Ben there. You're gonna have two captains. Captain one, captain two. Okay, you guys pick your team. You pick first. Okay, I pick Rudy. You know, and usually what happens in those situations, you try to pick the best players to be on your team. So I pick Rudy. Well, I know. Uh, and maybe the this, maybe, maybe this second is, okay, I'll pick the next best player in their minds. So you go through that, the, the choosing the captains. What about if you're the last person and you're waiting and you're not being chosen, you're not being picked? How does that make you feel? Remember that? Of course, I never did remember that, but no. But, you know, it made you feel, gee, it finally got to, down to the last person, the last pick, wasn't really a, a choice at all. Okay, you know, come with me. You're on my team. And you get that. But listen to this God has chosen us. And He chose us first. We are not last place. We are first. He chose us for a reason, for a special purpose. He handpicked you and me to be on His divine team. Isn't that amazing? he handpicked picked us to be on his divine team he has set us apart according to the word to be holy because listen to this because this can be important at the end of this message because we are his sons and daughters in christ we are here doing spiritual battle in this fallen world listen we were predestined for this moment. Hear what I We are predestined for this moment. Oftentimes, when the word predestination comes in the context of theology, we think of Presbyterians because their theology was on, on election and predestination and all of those. I'm not getting into that. And I won't be swayed into getting into that. That's a that's a kind of another different message. But we are predestined. This is our moment in time. This is your moment in time. God has called you here in your life. Okay? Okay. Verses 5 and 6. Again, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, To the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves predestined means basically to determine beforehand those who will respond to god's relationship with christ that makes them acceptable to god we are again paul would say acceptable god we are in his pleasure in his in his will When we accept Jesus Christ as His Lord and Savior, that's Christianity 101. Okay, I'm going to get into number my second thought: the redeemed. Verses seven and eight. In Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the richness of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Jesus redeemed us sinners and made peace with us through what? Through his death, his blood shed on the cross. Redemption basically means forgiveness. By recognizing that our forgiveness in Christ is a result of God's grace, we can respond, therefore, to his love with confidence. We have confidence he died for us we have confidence that we can respond to him in every area of our life with knowing that he is with us and knowing that he loves us in all wisdom the word says in all wisdom and understanding verses 9 and 10 he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he proposed in Christ to be put in times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Verse 9 again, the mystery of his will means to unite all and bring all things and heaven and earth under Christ's authority. Under Christ. And then verse 10, when the times reach their fulfillment, refers to Jesus' second coming, when God's plan for heaven and earth is revealed listen when Jesus Christ comes again and he will come again every single person Christian or non-christian every single person on this planet will see and recognize Jesus as Lord it's not going to be like a strange unidentifiable balloon in the sky that what is it what is it what is it even technology That just, well, that's another story. That amazes me how we can't figure out what's up there. But with Jesus Christ, everybody will know. It's not going to be, gee, well, how will I know? You will know. I will know. It's awful quiet in here. Okay, there we go. I'm going to close with my third thought, the sealed. And I'm not referring to those crazy little things that swim in the water. That's not what we're talking about here, the seal. And we're going for Ephesians. And listen closely to this, because this, I think, is very and very important for us to really grab a hold of. And, it, and we're looking at, uh, at Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. And you, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation when you believe you are marked in him with a seal the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory the seal is more than an outward sign it's an inward experience with the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit possesses us at conversion I mean, we've talked about many many times when we become Christians who comes and lives in us church the Holy Spirit That's an automatic. That's a slam dunk. It is what it is when we when we receive Christ We're born again. The Spirit of God comes and lives with us verse 14 again Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption Of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory the Holy Spirit not only guarantees our salvation but also our spiritual blessings now his promises in the Bible now are for us but also also guarantees our eternal inheritance so Paul is talking about now and he's talking about the future He's talking about now or and also the future we are sealed forever because we belong to Christ let me ask you a question ah you think we're over not quite do you believe now this is a very sincere honest question that <clears throat> many people have believe me they do and I'm talking about not only people that are searching for Christ But people in the chairs or the pews forever who have been Christians forever, they wonder, can I lose my salvation? Can you lose your salvation? You're absolutely right. You can't. Now, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So I get in trouble. You guys are going to back me up. All right, all right. Now, I can't. I can't do that. I better not. I better now. You're probably what I got you going with. Well, there has been some discussion in the Assemblies of God about you can lose your salvation, and I, being an inquirer, you know that really didn't set well with me. But I want to do my research or whatever, and what have you, and. So I went to this certain individual in a G and said, "Hey, I'm a little bit confused here about this belief. Can you enlighten me?" And that person stammered, and I'm trying to, as he's stammering, I'm trying to pick up a vibe of what he's what he's saying. It wasn't making any sense. So he's standing around and says, Well, yes, I said, but only, only in very rare circumstances. That didn't, I said, no, that didn't set with me. I said, Come on. It's gotta be more than that. What is you got if you believe in something, then give me more than what you're giving me. Because they can't. Now, if you go online or whatever, and you pick out maybe your favorite pastor. Or whatever I did this today Jason I did it last night I went on some of the uh, theologians that I deeply admire and every one of them agreed I didn't do it because they agree with me we all were in agreement no you can't lose your salvation how can you if we are adopted these scriptures tell us very clearly that we are guaranteed we are, because we are what God's adopted sons and daughters. So are you going to kick your, your child out of the house because you have a disagreement? Are you not going to love them? Are you going to cast them out? And God's God's perfect love, he loves us perfectly. So when you become born again, when Christ, when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are sealed You're sealed until the day of redemption. You are sealed now and forever and forever. Amen. It doesn't change. So maybe, and some people really, and I can understand this. They feel maybe they're dry. They're spiritually dry. And they'll say something like, I can't understand why I don't feel God. I don't feel his presence. I don't feel his power. I just don't feel him. Have I lost my salvation? No. You're just going through a dry period of your life. You haven't lost your salvation. Or people say, I've done this horrible sin in my life. This terrible thing I've done. I'm sure that God could never forgive me. That's not God talking. That's Satan talking. God will forgive you no matter what you do. Understand that. I think that's so important for us to really Understand that we cannot lose our salvation. I've heard people say to me, "Well, what about so and so?" Uh, I think I mentioned Billy Graham years ago. One of his closest friends—they're both evangelists. As a matter of fact, I can't remember—I can't remember his name. I got part of it. I don't want—I don't bring that up. But anyway, and at that time, Billy and this guy were not only close friends, but they're kind of like in competition. I mean, in terms of their evangelistic crusades, whatever. And this man was very, very, very compelling. I mean, he was really, you know, when he he preached, you were on the edge of your chair. It's very powerful. But then he said to his friend Billy Graham, I don't believe in Christ. I don't believe in God. I don't believe what I preach is true. And so Billy worked with him for a long period of time. And that's how that man died. Now you can ask the question. My, here's my response to all of that. He never had the spirit in the first place. Only God knows the heart. He never had it in the first place. That's the key to people say they're in it, they, then they suddenly drop off and they and they deny God. Then I question where they were in the first place. That's all I can do. It's all we can do. We are sealed because we belong to Christ. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is not an option for the believer. You can't say, I can't say, oh, Holy Spirit, stay out of me. You know, I want to accept Jesus, but "Ah, you stay away because, you know, I've heard... Things uh, about, you know, spiritual gifts that I'm uncomfortable with or whatever. So I don't want anything to do with the Spirit. My goodness. That's our lifeline. The Spirit is our lifeline. The Spirit gives us all our gifts. The Spirit convicts us, encourages us, empowers us. You cannot have Christ and not have the Spirit, Period. The Spirit is an absolute reality in our faith experience. So for those that are looking for more of the Spirit, and we need to probably talk more about that as God leads, about the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you know, get into your Bibles. Get into Corinthians. Look up, if you have a concordance, look up the gifts of the Spirit. Do your own research. Get into it. Do your studies. We got, my goodness, we got all the tools in the world available to us. Get on your internet. Get on Google it or whatever. And you can come up with all the topics and study them. So many, so many avenues of learning that we have today that they never had in Jesus' day. They couldn't say, oh, I'm going to Google this about the spirit. No. We have that. Therefore, we have no excuse none amen as believers I'm closing with this but a smile and Tate's face here as believers as believers we are the chosen ones as believers we are the chosen one how does that make you feel Great, wonderful. As believers, we are the chosen one. It's not for us to judge out there if they're with the Lord. We're not called to judge like that. We are the chosen one. Warts and all. Are you a sinner? Susan, are you a sinner? Am I a sinner? Absolutely. We're all sinners. We all say things, do things we shouldn't do, whatever. We're all sinners. But we are chosen saved we are saved Isn't that great we can leave here and say I'm saved I'm saved I've got a wonderful feeling I have that is really good I can't sing but I have Jesus in my heart I can sing in my heart sing in your heart sometimes I think it's good for us just to take a moment or two and just say thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit for being in me thank you Sometimes I don't understand. I don't get it. But that doesn't mean that you're not in me. Show me more. That should be every Christian's calling. God, show me more. Show me when I'm right. Give me further revelation. Show me when I'm wrong. But show me and grow me. Jesus, we praise you and thank you. And I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit. I thank you, God, that you have given us your, your spirit. You've guaranteed our salvation through Jesus Christ. That the moment we receive Jesus as Lord, you adopt us into your church and to your family as sons and daughters in Christ. We thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you will never leave us, you'll never forsake us. No matter how cool we are to you, no matter how distant we might feel from time to time, you will never leave us, you'll never forsake us. You'll always bring us back in time. And for that, we give you praise. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for being a gentleman. You never push us. You never push us. You give us revelation, and you give us a choice to accept you, accept your will. Thank you, Father, that our salvation is not contingent upon our own abilities to save ourselves because we can't. That falls into your grace. It falls into your mercy. And so thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that we can walk on this planet today with confidence and assurance that you're always with us. You never forsake us you've redeemed us in Christ as I thought of this message this morning Lord I was thinking of Christy and how she's walking with you right now so we rejoice I rejoice in her salvation I rejoice in her final destination as she begins her eternal life with you. Oh God, you have planned for every, every contingency you have planned for us. We need not fear. We need not be afraid. We need not be afraid of a God who loves us so, so unconditionally.